Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Listening colour. Welcome to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, bringing the shapers of the business world together with the musicians shaping jazz, soul, and blues. My guest today is Romy Sabova, co founder and CEO of PensionBee, the online pension provider. With a childhood ambition to be a lawyer, fighting for human rights, as she says, that purpose driven impulse has stayed with Romy through her career. As she says, I discovered I was only truly happy in roles that also make a difference to the lives of others. But it was changing jobs and experiencing great difficulty moving her pension that gave Romy her entrepreneurial target. She would find a way to simplify this archaic, expensive process. Convinced technology could solve the problem and after market research and talks with investors, Romy and friend Jonathan Lister-Parsons took the plunge in 2014, launching PensionBee with a million pounds worth of funding from angel investors. With smart technology that operates like a bank account, allowing users to easily manage their pension from the palm of their hand, and by working to maintain high-quality customer service, PensionBee last year experienced record growth and was awarded Pension Provider of the Year. It's great to have you here. I've been tracking the success of the business for many years. Go back to the beginning. So you, you see this issue, you want to solve it, and then you do. <laughs> you make it sound so simple. It's much easier said like that, isn't it? But but why you? Why this issue? I mean, you know, you've, you've got your MBA, I think, from Harvard. You've got your highly tuned into the world of business. What made this particular issue the one that you really wanted to solve? Well, I'd had a pretty solid career in corporate finance, and I did most of my time at Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, always covering financial institutions. So I knew what the financial landscape looked like from a strategic standpoint, And I knew that pensions were going to be hugely important in consumers' lives. What I hadn't quite experienced was the pension landscape for myself. And so when I moved my pension and realized what a nightmare it is for just normal people to take control of this very important financial asset. I mean, for most people, it's the second largest investment that they have after their home. When I saw the consumer experience and knew how big the market would be, how many people would be affected by this issue, it just seemed like something that I had to do. And of course, the validation that I then received from talking to all of my friends about pensions um, and of course, talking to potential business partners and investors reconfirmed that it would be a good plunge for me. And when you took the plunge and you'd had these conversations, were the investors like, well, that's a no-brainer, Romy, of course? Well, some were. I think some were, of course, wondering why people would suddenly be interested in pensions. And certainly for us, one of the biggest challenges is to wake people up to the fact that they are responsible for their retirement savings. It's easy to put your pension paperwork in a drawer and forget about it for, for many years. So I think that's that disengagement with retirement savings certainly made investors wonder, you know, what's going to make this different? And I think our love and our purpose for creating consumer change is what made everybody 
believe in the business. And that consumer change, of course, means essentially at that time, Romy, you were doing a category job rather than a sell my business and everyone understands a category. It's not washing powder. Everyone says, well, I use this, so change. You're talking about fundamentally changing people's perception of what their pension means to them in their lives. At the beginning, how do you manage to do that in addition to creating a product which actually delivers easy to manage and switch and and combine pensions? Because they're two quite distinct things. They are quite distinct things, but that is the great entrepreneurial challenge, especially in the beginning of any business. It's the ability to execute on multiple fronts successfully. And part of the reason why people choose Pension B and part of the reason why the marketing and brand awareness continues to grow is because they enjoy using the product. And so the two actually go very much hand in hand together. We very much rely on on a message that enables people to understand that managing your pensions doesn't have to be complicated. It can be easy. We make it easy. And indeed, our mission is to make pensions simple. So the marriage, if you will, of that marketing and of the customer acquisition strategy with the product is actually quite key to being able to grow and to attract as many customers onto our technology platform as possible. The thinking behind the business then, and you've gone through what you saw as the opportunity, in those early years, did you believe that you could crack the problem? Or was it more of a you know, this this is absolutely there to be cracked, but I'm I'm not sure that I can get to a place where significant percentage of the market will actually move over. Which sounds like a a strange thing to ask you, but was there utter confidence in the in the what you were doing right from the beginning, or has it grown over the years? There has to be utter confidence from the beginning. And what gave me a lot of confidence in this particular market is that we wouldn't necessarily have to convince everybody with a pension to become a Pension B customer. We can actually be and have been very successful, even with a relatively small market share. So we have doubled our customer base pretty much every single year. But because the market itself is so large, we still remain a small, small proportion of the total potential opportunity. And so for me, when I looked at this market in the very early days, I realized that we can be absolutely hugely successful, but we don't need everybody to be a Pension B customer. We just need to be able to grow and to continue growing and to be a substantial player. And I think that it's really important to understand how much of a market you actually have to capture in order to be successful. We're very pleased with our growth. And your growth continues because basically the product works. Is it as simple as that? And you continue to make the point about this is the second largest investment you're going to have in your life and you need to think about looking after that. Is that is that in simple terms what's going on over here? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at how many people in the UK have a pension that they could consolidate or move on to Pension B or how many people could even just start a new pension with Pension B, we're talking about customer figures in the 25 to 30 million range. And when we look at our customer base, we have around 800,000 registered customers and about 140,000 invested customers. So anywhere you cut this market, we have made a substantial dent, but there is still a huge way for us to go. And that's why the vision and the mission, which is to make pensions simple so that 
everyone can look forward to a happy retirement remains actually quite unfulfilled and still very much inspiring for the team. In terms of your own your own background, Romy, and, and there's um, you, you mentioned Goldman's, you've kind of come at the world of entrepreneurialism through the finance route and also through a pretty academic background as well. Do you think all of those chips, as it were, in the Romy's you know box, have they been critical to your success, or is it more of a that was just your journey and it happened to be that way? I think they've all been important to the journey. And I can certainly think about how each one of them has shaped my experience and perhaps shaped my personality as as a person. I do think I've always had an entrepreneurial approach to things. My dad often tells the story that I tried to sell him my pictures that I drew when I was little. So I think there is something innate in me that likes to create and do new things and 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 to make change and to make a difference, which is so important for entrepreneurs that drive and that purpose. But my career journey, I think, has has brought me to this place um, and has made pension be a possibility for my entrepreneurship. So I think that's. I think the answer to that is a little bit of both. <laughs> Still need to find out much more about my business shaper. It's Romy Savova. She's in the hot seat today here on Jazz Shaper. She'll be back in a couple of minutes. Right now, though, we're going to hear a taster from the Michigan Academy digital sessions, and they can be found on all the major podcast platforms. Michigan Direct's Joe Hancock and Katie Ling talk about current trends in cyber fraud and what companies need to do to protect themselves. The Michigan Academy digital sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. I think that the main thing is to be proactive and not reactive. We've seen a lot of people will respond once they've been hit by a cyber attack, but in many ways you've lost your data or you've lost a lot of money by doing that. Whereas if you have these systems in place beforehand, then that's going to be much better practice. So as you said there, Katie, being proactive, not reactive, preparing and doing these things first. What can you do to prevent this stuff? Is there anything that can technology help us here? You know, is is it worth kind of building the walls around our organizations higher? Any particular tools or techniques you'd recommend for people? Yep, definitely. And I, I think that this comes back to the basics. You know, I've urged so many people I know to just not use the same password everywhere um, and on every online service. Use a secure password. And it sounds simple, but just so many people don't do it because if one password is breached, then a criminal has access to anywhere that you've been online. But I think that also introducing two-factor authentication is really important. And just these general security checkups that people sort of normally ignore, they can be really helpful in protecting yourself. The Mishkan Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You can enjoy all our former business shapers on the Jazz Shapers podcast. And indeed, you can hear this very program again if you pop Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. Or if you've got a smart speaker, ask it to play Jazz Shapers and there you'll be greeted by the taste of our recent shows. But back to today, it's Romy Savova, co-founder and CEO of PensionBee, the online pension provider. You're talking about making change, you mentioned earlier, with regard to being an entrepreneur. And, and you sort of said it's a bit of... I'm being defined by what I do, but also I've got to where I've got to because of the way my life has gone. And 
Bulgarian, lived in South Africa, studied in America, and then settled in the UK. And you've, um, I believe, your husband is from another another world as well, another country, Spanish, I, I think. Incredibly international, incredibly varied background. That ability to not just cope with change, but embrace change. Do you think that's in your DNA? And is that enabling you to not need all the concrete things that many people need to settle on? You know, are you able to sort of construct your own reality as you as you keep pushing forward with Pension B? And do you think that's one of the sources of, of your own success? I think for a company that's growing as quickly as we are, you have to love change because things are constantly changing. If you think about what it means to double your customer base in size, you know, pretty much every year for eight years, you are talking about a time where you have several hundred to several thousand to, you know, tens of thousands to now hundreds of thousands of of customers. And the requirements for any business are going to be wildly different for that scale of growth. So you, you do have to love change and find it exciting and fulfilling and, and rewarding. And I do think that every year we change to adapt to our growth. So yes, absolutely. I, I love it. I don't know if it's because I am international and have lived in many countries, but I, I do absolutely love change and, and creation. And morphing now into the CEO of a publicly listed company versus being the scrappy founder. Again, easy for you? Do you, do you think, do you, suddenly, do you sometimes wake up and go, hold on a second, I'm publicly listed, there are people that are shareholders in my business, how did this happen? And do you have to manage yourself differently as a result? Well, the interesting thing is, from the very early days of Pension B, I knew that we wanted to be public. I knew that we would go on to list and so actively planned for this day. Did you really? We did. And why? Because you just knew that was the best access to capital and you needed it to scale. Yes, and I also believe that very large financial institutions with significant consumer brands and customer bases ultimately do end up being publicly owned. And so that was always going to be our landing position. But why, why though, in that... From just an to, ownership perspective. But why, and why is that so important? Why, why are those the variables of financial, big consumer base equals publicly listed? What does it do for you uh, in the business? It comes with a lot of trust, I believe, in the company. Being public means that you are very transparent. You're reporting on a regular basis, engaging with multiple different stakeholders on a regular basis, whether that's your investors or or customers or research analysts and and so on. So there is a very high level of transparency and openness. And I think that that is actually quite valuable in terms of building trust Mm. uh, in a customer brand. So from the early days, we invested in things like governance. We had an independent chairman very early on and continued to grow and expand the expertise of our board. In terms of managing shareholders, again, you know, from the very early days, we had a wide range of different shareholders in the company, from friends and family who invested a couple thousand pounds, all the way up to strategic investors like State Street Global Advisors. We became quite experienced in terms of managing a large shareholder base, which we still have to this day. And so I think the journey has been 
planned and and gradual, and therefore there is no big surprise when I wake up most mornings. <laughs> um, but of course, I realize that it is also a huge responsibility, and it's it's important to continue delivering on and and meeting and exceeding people's expectations. You're talking about the importance in financial services of big consumer brands being being public, and you mentioned the word transparency and trust. Your own leadership style and the way that you have um, grown the team and grown the business. Would you describe yourself as transparent? Is that is that your style, or is it something else? If there were you know one or two adjectives that would capture who Romy really is, well, I think that all entrepreneurial businesses ultimately reflect the personality of their founders and the values that the company sets for themselves. And we had a conversation quite early on in the journey of Pension B around what are the values of the company. And, you know, we stick to the five that we came up with then. One of them is love and I think embracing customers and your community and employees with empathy is incredibly important to to my leadership style, but also to the way that we interact with each other in, in the business. Honesty is actually one of our values as well, and especially within financial services, where oftentimes the company will have more information and that will present challenges that it's important to be very upfront and transparent on. So things like fee transparency or product performance are incredibly important in terms of generating trust. And they're also quite important in terms of communication. When a business is growing and changing as rapidly as ours, then yes, you absolutely need to be having honest and open conversations just to maintain the speed of things. And then, of course, we have our values of you know quality and simplicity and innovation. And all of those reflect what I love about Pension B and what I hope our team loves about Pension B as well. And in terms of living those every day, because many, you know, everyone I've ever interviewed has talked about values and they're critical and any good business says it stands for something and that ensures that people know where they're at and why they join and why they stay and so on. But in terms of those micro experiences that your people will have, how do you hold them to account with each other with regard to living and breathing these values that you have expressed? Well, it's really interesting that you ask that question. I think the answer to that depends on the size of the organization and, you know, what works when you are five people isn't necessarily the same as what works when you are 200 people. Which is how, how many are you at the moment? We, we are very much edging on the 200 mark. Mm-hmm. So I think in very small teams, it's all about leadership demonstrating those behaviors on a daily basis and that, you know, that cascades throughout the company and the way that people interact with each other. And that is still very important as the company grows, that everyone and especially people in leadership roles are living by the values and behaving in ways that are expected of them within a certain culture. But also there comes a time to formalize expected behaviors. And we actually have something called a culture code, which we have been developing and actively discussing, breathing life into, taking feedback from, and generally engaging with the team on. And to have the expected behaviors in the forms of do's and don'ts quite explicitly laid out, 
I think can be a really, really valuable tool for people to know what good looks like and what it doesn't look like. And so that's the tool that I think works well for our company now. What that will look like when we are even bigger, I don't know yet. But I know that we are the type of company that responds and adapts to needs. Um, and so I'm sure we will, I'm sure we will find out. She's already thinking about it. I can see it. This, this is very Miss Avova and she knows what she's doing. We'll have a final chat with her very shortly. And we've also got some new Van Morrison for you. That's in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Kondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Romy Savova is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. She's the driving force behind Pension B. They've been changing the world of uh, pensions pretty dramatically over the last eight years. Something that's obviously emerged in the world of investment. Well, I mean, I remember this in the 90s when I was looking at being ethical in what I did, but it wasn't a fashion or a fad at all then. It was a thing that some people did. But it's the notion of investing in a purposeful way, the notion of not investing in things that might destroy the planet or that might support things that ought not to be supported, whatever they are. You've embraced that massively in what you do. Was that always a thing for you, Romy? Were you always interested in investing in a value-driven way? Or has this become part of what Pension B provides because that's what the consumer needs? We are very much driven by consumer needs and wants and customer feedback. So we were one of the first you know, pension providers in the market to launch a responsible investing option and more recently to launch a mainstream fossil fuel-free pension. And that has very much been led by customer demand. What makes us the perfect business to do that is that it tends to align very well with the way we see the world more generally. You know, when we think about our vision of a happy retirement for everyone, that includes financial freedom, of course, but it also includes good health, of which our environment and personal well-being are very important elements and it includes social inclusion. And so we do seek to understand and to guide the investment strategy in a way that reflects our vision, but very importantly reflects the voice of our customers. They tend to be intertwined, um, but yes, always, always led by the customer. In terms of the awards for you, that you've had. I think you were City AM Entrepreneur of the Year in 2019. Interesting, I, I read this, you were including the investment industry's diversity organisation, LGBT's great top 100 executive allies last year. Do these mean much to you on a superficial level or is it much more important to you that they indicate that your business is doing well, that you are values driven? I'm just wondering, some, some people quite like these these awards. You don't strike me as someone that really likes these awards for that I don't, reason. I don't dislike awards. I think it would be hard to dislike awards. Here's a awards. gold star. You can have one from Jasho. There you go. It's, it's yours. Um, but the, the way I see awards is really a reflection of the health and the success of the business. Pension B is created by all of the individuals who are part of the team of the company. It's not possible to build this kind of business in this size without actively engaging in a team sport. And so any award that I receive, I see as ours um, and as a reflection of what of what we have done. And of course, it's very rewarding to receive recognition 
that reconfirms and publicizes our commitment to the things that we care about. Uh, I want everyone who works at the company to be themselves and to be comfortable bringing their whole selves to work. And we talk about this a lot at mm. Pension B. So when we are recognized for it, it's absolutely a celebration, but it is it is a team celebration. And is Romy Savova herself at work? Because I mean you're the you're the you're the main person. You're you're leading the charge. You've you've looked forward into what needs to happen and you've made it happen. Do you get the chance to kick back and just be you? Or Well, I'm always at work. I think <laughs> any entre- you know, any entrepreneur will tell you that your business becomes a part of your daily life. I don't keep a very big separation between the two. So yes, of course, I have to be myself. <laughs> it's been lovely talking to you, yourself, the person, Romy Savova, and thank you for your time. Just before I let you disappear to go build the next phase of, of, the, of the machine that you are building, the great machine you're building. What's your song choice and why have you chosen it? I have chosen At Last. Uh, it was mine and my husband's first dance song and we practiced incredibly hard to be credible dancers to this song. <laughs> so it. it brings back fantastic memories. Etta James there with At Last, the song choice of my business shaper today, Romy Savova. She talked about needing utter confidence from the minute you set up your business. The ability to execute on multiple fronts simultaneously is an excellent definition of an entrepreneur. And the point she made about having to love change. You've got to embrace it as an entrepreneur because your business will change again and again and again. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a lovely weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoy that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishkon.com forward slash jazz shapers. <laughs>